0: I need to make that little girl version of me proud. And when I think about that, it moves me emotionally. But then I also think about every other woman that needs that permission. And that is a big driver for me is, can I be bold and unapologetic and really not give a fuck so that I give other women permission to be their version of bold and their version of not giving a fuck?
1: Welcome to Amplify. Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. Today, I sit down with my friend, Samantha Joe Harvey, who, as you will see from this episode is like one of my soul sister twins on this earth from the leopard print to the dancing, to the boldness, to the confidence, all, all the things Sam is a former professional dancer and fitness expert. She danced with the Rockettes. She was a Nike master trainer. She's been in movies, TV shows, fitness videos, and so much more, and has transitioned to being an embodiment, energetics, and success coach and speaker. After powerfully initiating a divorce, navigating body dysmorphia, and moving through her own battles with worthiness, judgment, and comparison, Sam has become a mindset ninja and champion of women being their fully expressed and embodied selves. Sam is obsessed with helping women own their personal power, unleash their inner wild woman, and have it all. The man, the money, the magic, and everything in between. The women in Sam's world have left their jobs to travel the world, walked away from relationships that weren't serving them, built side businesses into empires, all while taking care of themselves in their mind, body, and spirit. Sam has built two multiple six-figure businesses, trained on mindset and energetics across the country and internationally for everything from women's retreats, network marketing conventions, and corporate settings. Sam hosts the full out podcast, regularly takes ballet and pole dancing classes and loves dropping an occasional F-bomb. I know that you are going to fucking love this episode. And if you haven't already, be sure to listen to part one on Sam's podcast, where she and I started the conversation and then finished it and continued it here. All right. What's up and welcome to the show, Sam. I'm so excited to have You guys, for those who, if you don't know, Sam and I literally just recorded for her podcast. So if you haven't already, go listen to that episode first and then come back over here because like, we'll probably just continue several things. So hi, welcome. Thanks for being here.
0: Hey girl. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped.
1: Yeah, I know. This has been super fun. Okay. So we're going to just dive right into rapid fire. What is something you're grateful for right now?
0: My boyfriend's out of town and I'm actually grateful for how much I miss him. Oh, I know it's so cheesy, but it surprised me. Like it was such a beautiful thing to feel today. Yeah.
1: Oh, I like that. That's so cute. What's a guilty pleasure of yours?
0: Oh, what's a guilty pleasure? Girl, I think everything's just a pleasure. Like I don't feel guilty for anything. I agree.
1: I need to like rephrase that question, but you know what I'm saying? I know, you know what I'm saying.
0: It's like, what is it on Netflix? Love is blind. Guilty huh. pleasure.
1: Why did I react like that? Because also, yes. I think I started the most recent season, like yesterday. And I'm like six episodes in. I like, <laughs> I can't how did like- that happen? <laughs> What's a random fact that most people would not know about you?
0: Oh, hell. A random fact. I was a giant nerd growing up. And I was the valedictorian of my college.
1: Nice. Great job. If you weren't doing what you do now and not dancing either right what kind of job or career would you have right and obviously because like everyone who's on this show is pretty much like doing their dream situation so if you like couldn't you weren't allowed to do that you weren't allowed to go back to dance like what's something that you like oh my gosh that would be so cool whether it's like even realistic or not
0: Ooh, that is a great question. Cause I'm like, I'd be a pole dancer. I was never a pole dancer, but like, I would learn how to do it. Okay. I do take pole lessons, but I feel like I would do something creative. Like I would love to learn how to do makeup or Mm. design or, I mean, I just don't know how to do any of that stuff. And I feel like that could be a really cool from the outside. I don't want to work their hours at all, but I would love to have the skill of it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I like that. What did you want to be when you were little?
0: Oh, I wanted to be the first female president. I literally have a journal for when I was in third grade. And there's a picture of me sitting in the Oval Office as a stick figure saying, I want to be the first female president or maybe an astronaut or maybe a dancer and maybe a teacher. So those are the things.
1: The dancer one worked out.
0: I got the dancer one. Yeah. I don't want to be president. Well,
1: and you teach, you teach things, but you're I not do, like, you actually. Know, I do teacher, but yeah. Okay. You're like president. I'm good. I'm good on that. Maybe still an ast- astronaut. I yet. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> any weird talents or special skills?
0: No, I'm pretty vanilla. Like, I feel like I'm a basic bitch. I disagree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am like I don't believe this at all.
0: Okay, fine. Yeah. That's I mean, a really, great like, question. Nothing. I mean, I'm like, what would be the thing
1: you can't do some? Like, I feel like you can do something physical. That's really cool. Probably.
0: I mean, I can do a split. Okay. That's well, like a well, the
1: Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll allow it. Okay. Okay. When was the last time that you cried? Yesterday. (laughs) I'm like, probably same, but I don't actively remember crying. Nope. I did cry yesterday.
0: Yep. I feel so deeply that I will cry when I'm sad. I will cry when I'm happy. I will cry. I mean, I was watching something last night and there were like babies on there and my uterus started crying and it came out through my eyes. (laughs) I just felt like I feel so deeply. I cry all the time. Yeah.
1: Same. I used to never cry, never. Mm. And then, like, got okay with it. And now it's a lot. When's the last time that you laughed so hard you almost peed your pants?
0: Ooh, last weekend. We were away for a friend's birthday in Palm Desert. And it's a good time.
1: <laughs> good, good. Favorite meal?
0: Okay, I have one, but it's not really a meal, it's a dessert. So, when my mom was okay. pregnant, on the East coast where I'm from, we had a place called Friendly's, and it was all ice cream. And when my mom was pregnant, her one craving was a Reese's pieces Sunday, which is like five scoops of vanilla ice cream, peanut butter sauce, hot fudge Reese's pieces. And it's this massive dessert. And she had one a week. And I came out of the womb craving this week. ice cream. Yeah. One a week. She was like, don't do so that. So that's been like
1: your favorite thing. since yeah. forever. Yeah. It was all your fault.
0: It's all her fault, but normally I like salty, like give me a French fry or sushi and I'm happy. But when I'm in Baltimore, I need my friendly racist Reese's Pieces Sunday.
1: Nice. Nice. I like it. Where is the next place you want to travel to?
0: I am dying to go back to Paris. I just want to eat a croissant in Paris. Mm, yeah. yeah, And maybe some meat and cheese and wine too, but really yeah. it's a croissant. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know. I've been having the like Europe craving this the last couple months. For yeah. Me. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And just, I feel
1: like it, things like reopened this summer and like yeah. so many people I knew went to Europe all in the same like two month span. I'm yeah.
0: like, oh, like same, I want to, come on, same. And my last couple trips have been like Mexico, Costa Rica, like more jungly type places. And I feel like I want like a cold winter romantic vacation versus like sexy beach vacation.
1: I like it. All right, now we're going to get into all the things. So as we talked about a bit on, your show right before this, like you and I are so similar in so many ways and do very similar work. So you, you know, have do stuff in health and wellness still, which you've been doing for a while. And you're like the main thing that you're doing, right? The magic you're creating the world is around like confidence and like self-worth and like supporting women and really like owning their power and showing up like In just a really beautiful ways in the world, whether it's business, life, relationships, you name it. And so, why did you land on that? Because I know, like, for me, right, like it was so much of my own journey, and I would love to hear a bit, like, why that is like your purpose.
0: Mm, That's a great question. So, I think it's similar to you. I grew up as a dancer, I wanted to be a dancer from the day I could walk. I went to school for dance. I also got a degree in sociology and anthropology just because I was like, why not get two degrees? Cause I was a crazy overachiever perfectionist. No. Yes. Girl. I said the same thing in college. I, I was like,
1: I came in with all these extra credits from doing AP and honors classes. I could graduate a year early, or I could do two majors. Obviously I did two majors because <laughs> why not?
0: Why not? Exactly. Literally. Why not? Uh, yeah. And then I killed myself in college and I moved to New York immediately. I got hired by the Rockettes and I was a professional dancer for 12 years. And I was dealing with the rejection, dealing with being told no, being told that my body wasn't going to fit a costume. I really had to develop a, a thick skin, but I think the audition scene in New York and LA was one piece of what got me here. The second piece was I had a huge fitness career. So I was a Nike master trainer. I did a fitness competition. I taught at boutique gyms in New York and LA, and I did fitness videos, all the things. And after my fitness competition, I fell into severe body dysmorphia. Like it was not good. It was not good at all. So navigating body dysmorphia and falling in love with my body without needing to have an ab vein or take 25 progress pictures every single day or weigh every morsel of food that was going in my mouth, that played a part. And then the third really big piece was during this time that I was dancing and I was doing the fitness competitions, I was also in a marriage that wasn't serving me. It's codependent, a little abusive. It was not healthy. And in that relationship, I completely lost myself. I had no voice. I had no boundaries. I allowed myself to be treated in this way where I felt like I disappeared. And I'm really careful to say that, you know, I was an active player in it. I was a passive active player at this point. I have nothing but love for my ex-husband. And and I appreciate the learning that I went through during that time, but it was really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I found my voice and when I realized, holy shit, I am worthy of so much more, I dove into personal development. I listened to every podcast. I started reading all the books, learned how to meditate, started journaling. And I went on this personal development journey that really, you know, shifted the trajectory of my life. And so I just remember what it was like feeling like a piece of shit after getting told no at an audition. I remember what it was like. Looking in the mirror and just loathing what I saw, or taking 50 pictures trying to find the one where I didn't look quote unquote fat, or being in this relationship where I felt like I couldn't be myself, I couldn't want more, I couldn't ask for more. And I just remember how lonely I was, how depressed and sad. And lonely. And I talk about my life now as being like vibrant, like technicolor, like all the saturation is there. But that time in my life felt very gray, very, very gray, very isolating. And it's for that version of me that I started my business because I don't want any woman to feel alone. Now that's where my business started. It's now shifted and grown into now I want women to be as vibrant and bold and out loud and not fuck withable and all of those things. But when I started my business, it was really for that version of me that didn't know where to turn and had no idea how to change your life. Like I felt the whisper that this was not it. I was meant for more, but I didn't know what the fuck more was.
1: Yeah. Did you jump into personal development while you were still married?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually started my network marketing company. So I have two businesses. I have a coaching business and a network marketing business. And I started that While I was still married, and that's really where I started the personal development. It was like, you know, a year or two before I actually initiated the divorce. But I was like, oh, I should read a book. I actually had someone, a mentor of mine in the company, say, "Hey Sam, you're not building this to the level at which you could." And I had a response of like, "Well, you don't understand what I'm dealing with at home. You have no idea what I'm working through." And she was like, "You need to read a book." And I'm like, "Read a book? What do you mean? My life's falling apart. What are you talking about?" (laughs) And so that was really the start of, oh, there's more available for me. And here was something I could do. Cause I felt like a victim. I felt for a long time, I felt like, I don't know what to do. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to feel like that forever, but I didn't know what actions to take. So reading was really the first action I took.
1: Uh-huh. And what was that like for you when you like decided to end things, step out on your own? Like, yeah. How was that?
0: Ooh. That was my first dark night of the soul. Mm, I feel yep. like I've had two in my life. And that was my first one. I I'm like
1: two. I'm like, yeah. gosh, I feel like I have like 50 this year.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like the last two years was like my second one all in one. Yes. I'm like, yes. Well, that's that's another story. But the first one, I mean, it was so hard. It was so yeah. hard knowing that in order to choose myself, I had to potentially hurt someone else. That was the interpretation I had at the time. What I shifted that interpretation to is I had get to choose myself and by me choosing myself, I'm allowing a really beautiful healing opportunity for my partner. Yeah. But it wasn't like that when it started.
1: Right. Yeah. I relate to that so much of like the, oh, this fucking sucks. And I know it's right for me. And then needing to be like, okay, but also like, I know it's right for him too, even though I'm the one. Who yeah. start like, and I'm the one doing this, right? Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Ooh, I mean, yeah. and there are things that I wasn't proud of, like, and you know, I look back and I give so much love and and have so much compassion for that version of me because I made mistakes. I yes. did things that yes. I'm not proud of, and what I know is that I did the best I could with the tools that I had at the time. Yes. Yep. If this situation were to occur now, first of all, it just it wouldn't happen because I don't even have the capacity to hold what I experienced but obviously I would go back and make different choices. However, the lessons that were needed, whew, they hit me like a ton of bricks.
1: Yep. So when you became single, did you jump into dating? Did you take time? Like, how was that? Yeah. Because when did your marriage end?
0: I want to say 2016?
1: Okay. 2016.
0: Okay. 2016,
1: 2017.
0: Yeah. Around that time. I'm like, I don't even know. It's been a while now. I heard someone say this and I, I found that this was very true for me was that when women initiate a divorce, they've been out for a long time. Like women don't just wake up one day and be like, I'm done. I'm leaving women because we have in our society, we're taught to like, take care of the man. We're taught to people, please. We're taught that we have no self-worth. That's, you know, a lot of the societal programming, it takes women a really long time to find that. And so I was emotionally and mentally out for a long time like a long long time so yeah. when we actually separated I started dating someone about five months later four months later and yeah I think I went in quite quickly now when that relationship ended I took some time off yeah I took some time off I think I don't want to say that was a rebound relationship but I did a lot of healing in that relationship but I needed to then come to the dating world with a healed heart and I don't think that I came to the dating world with a healed heart until after, that second relationship, that dating relationship dissolved. Yeah.
1: That's so, that's so interesting because I, but yeah, in the last two years, two and a half years of me being single in thinking about it, like I haven't called anyone, my boyfriend or been in like serious relationship with anybody, but the closest thing to like a relationship was like three months after becoming, single. like I was going on dates, like literally the first weekend I was living by myself and stuff like that. Like, I was like, I'm ready. (laughs) Like, let's let's see what's out there. Right. And then I had like a little, a couple month relationship situation, like a couple months later that the person pretty badly, cause I didn't want to be in a relationship. I was like, no, I just became single, bro. Like, no, I got some dating to do here. And so that was like a big wake up for me to be like, oh, I need to like, you know, just with like,
0: yeah, my own boundaries and where I was at and stuff like that. But I think that I put so much pressure on that person that I was dating to like, not that I expected him to fix things for me, but it was so drastically different that I think I put a lot of pressure on it. And it was like the pendulum, like in my marriage, I had no backbone. I had no voice. I never spoke up for what I wanted or what I desired that next relationship. It's almost like I swung the other way. And my partner at the time, was the old version of me where I was like, no, I have boundaries. This is what I want. This is what I need that they didn't Now also, they didn't have the personal development that I had either, but they didn't speak up for what they desired. And so I think it was a beautiful relationship, but it was not it. It was not it. Yeah.
1: So as you talked about a little bit with your fitness career, dance, all of that, like experience major, like body dysmorphia stuff, what did you do to heal your relationship with your body? After Ooh, all girl. that, because it probably was not like necessarily quick and easy.
0: Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is like, I remember growing up in the ballet studio and having friends that were dealing with anorexia and bulimia and things all around me. And I was like, I remember being really aware as a young person being like, thank God. I don't feel that like, thank God. like, And I was never that ballerina body, like I'm fit and I'm healthy, but I was never that stick thin, typical dancer body, but I never felt it. And the first time I experienced it. Was when I was told that I needed to work on my fitness. That was how they told me that I needed to change my body. And I did have weigh-ins and I did have that. But, yeah. you know, even during then, it really didn't hit me. It wasn't until the fitness competition that I lost my mind. And that process was so intense. Not only are you seeing the difference that your body is, is shaping, but you're literally controlling every piece of your life, the food you're eating what time you're waking up to do the fasted cardio, how you're lifting, what you're looking like. And there was this really interesting thing that because I couldn't control what was happening in my personal life, this is when my marriage was like imploding. I used that as my socially acceptable way to have the eating disorder. It was like, this is control for me. This is one thing I can control, which also led to more issues because my ex was like, you're showing off your body and you're this. And like, and that yeah. created a whole nother side, you know, tangent. <laughs> But it was my way to control.
1: Yeah, I know. I did my competitions 2018 and 2019, right? Like those were the like years of my marriage that were the most challenging and like heading toward being over. And 2019 was when I experienced depression for that year. And so it was, and like other stuff going on too, like, you know, stuff that I did also in my marriage that I wasn't proud of. And like, so that was like the thick of that while I was also doing the competitions, And again, with that control thing, like I felt like my marriage and like even myself, right, like was out of control. And that was like, oh, I can be like so in control of this, right?
0: Yeah. And so I didn't realize that until years later, like really being in my personal development journey. And really what I saw now looking back is that control felt safe, control equaled safety for me. And that piece, was something that I also saw in my relationship. So the relationship I'm in right now, in the very, very beginning, the first six weeks, I didn't want anything. I didn't want a relationship. I just wanted to have fun. I just wanted freedom. And once it started to get a little bit more serious, I immediately, my natural tendency was to control. As soon as I started to feel like, quote unquote, unsafe, because we were getting a little bit more emotional, we were diving in, I felt vulnerable. I wanted to control things. So looking back, it was so much more than just you know my body and what it looked like it was really me trying to find safety but for 2 years after i struggled i hired so many people i hired nutritionists and dietitians and macro coaches and intuitive eating coaches and i tried everything cuz i thought it was really just a food thing eventually i did find a program that supported me in not controlling every morsel of food because i was still dancing and so what i fell into i was able to work with a macro coach where I could still see shifts like, Oh, my body's finally starting to like get back to where it needs to be. But I was still logging every piece of food and I was in a food prison. So that wasn't it. Then I did the intuitive eating and I was going the opposite. I was just fully binging. And I'm like, I can't book a job if I'm 20 pounds overweight. Like that's just the nature of what New York and LA is. So I eventually found this program and it's why I love my network marketing companies because I could eat anti-inflammatory food, I could eat as much as I needed to, to feel full, but I still found balance in my body. So really getting my gut health together supported my mental health. And so I'm still a huge, huge fan of gut health because how we experience our bodies and how our gut impacts our serotonin, our immune system, and, and every system in our body really impacts how we view the world. So for me, it was getting into that, but it was also the personal development.
1: Amazing. Amazing deal with like body stuff now.
0: Yeah. I mean, here and there, I feel like it's yeah. always something that will follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, my sister and I talk about it often. She eats whatever she wants. She doesn't think about it. She's super fit. She looks great. And I still can fall into a little self beat up over things, or I've always been a very all or nothing person. And again, I feel deeply like when I feel, I feel. And so I used to feel like that was a bad thing. And now I just learned to embrace it and to honor it, to see it. And what I think is actually cool about it is like, I'm a coach that people relate to. I don't pretend to have it figured out. I don't pretend that like my work is done and now I can just teach it. Like, no, I live it every day. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it.
1: I love that. And what are some of, cause we talked about this on your show. What are some of your, well, actually before I ask this, what has your relationship with like being stuck in your masculine Looks like because I know you can. Relate. I know you can relate to that.
0: I just let a laugh. Okay, I think it's actually a great theme because a lot of my control equals safety pushed me into masculine. Mm-hmm. Now I also was raised by a single mom who worked a million jobs, busted her ass, and so for me, I was like, oh, in order to be successful, like I got to bust my ass. In order to be safe, I got to bust my ass, and so that just followed me. I learned that overachieving got me love as a young person, and so. I loved achieving. I loved achieving. and it did serve me in many ways. like I did get scholarships. I did get accolades, and that was beautiful, but it fed my perfectionist. It fed my unworthiness. it fed all of that. So I really feel like that was the root of a lot of the masculine and seeing my mom do everything. She was never able to relax because she couldn't because she was working a million jobs. so, I literally went to New York thinking I was going to be a starving artist. Like I wanted to dance and do artwork, which meant I was going to have to hustle. And so I feel like this hustle and overdoing just really was taught to me by example. And I also saw great results. You know, it was like, oh, okay, well, this is serving me somehow. The results are showing that I can do this until... I went into burnout until I was teaching 17 fitness classes a week, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, losing my voice, still being in debt. Like it wasn't working. It finally caught up to me. And so it's really easy for me to fall into that overdue all or nothing. And I used to feel like if I had a day off, I would need to be so exhausted that like, I couldn't do anything. Like I just need to lay on the sofa. Yes.
1: That's the same where it's like, oh, I'll rest when my body's screaming at me or when I like hit that wall.
0: Yeah, I mean, even my career, I literally manifested a career where I needed to quote unquote be perfect. I literally needed to look like every other girl on the line and where you couldn't take days off. I would work three weeks straight doing shows, 16 shows a week. Didn't matter if my hips were hurting or my feet were bleeding or if I had a fever, like you were expected to show up and get shit done. Like you did your job. And of course, like, it was a beautiful learning experience for me and it kept me safe, but it also kept me shut off and shut down to the other things that I wanted to experience in my life.
1: And which I don't think we even talked about. I mean, obviously like in the intro and stuff, but when you look back on your dance career, like how does that feel
0: now? I have so much love for it. So much love. Yeah. You know, I really did a lot of healing, a mm-hmm. lot of healing in the last year. To release that because I did experience a lot of grief. If you would have asked me this a year ago, I'd probably be crying right now. <laughs> I had to grieve that chapter of my life. I had to grieve what I thought my life was going to look like. I had to grieve the fact that my current partner never saw me in that. I actually grieved this idea that she yeah. never saw me in my magic. That was the story I created for a while and there was a lot of grief and i don't think that people talk about grief enough we experience living deaths all the time whether you lose a job or you lose you know a former version of yourself or what you thought your life was going to look like and that's been a really really interesting journey but in the space that i was able to take away from my dance career and having to be in such like a masculine structure is i was able to tap back into my feminine i was able to redefine my relationship to movement and for me as a dancer, I literally came out of the womb dancing. Movement is my portal to the divine. And so to redefine what that is for me has allowed me to soften into the truth of who I am, to connect my intuition, to really be the next level expression of myself without that identity. Beautiful.
1: And right into my next question, what are some of those? Yes, dance, of course. But what are some of those? feminine embodiment practices that you love to do?
0: Mm, Well, I feel like the dance one is actually interesting. And I'd love to like dive in a little bit deeper in that because yeah, you know, for me, my soul is incredibly satisfied and nourished when I take ballet class, but in ballet class, there's a structure. It's Mm -hmm. like going to a yoga class. You always do plies, tendus, degages, ronda jams. like, you're getting the same structure every single day. And you're always striving for the look. You're always striving for it to get better. So that feeds my soul. But as far as a feminine practice, being able to sensually move my body was a huge step for me without needing the structure, without needing it to look a certain way. Like I get a lot of clients that say, Sam, I'm not a dancer like you. And I'm like, great. I don't want you to be, I want you to feel what it feels like to move your hips in a circle and then move them in a figure eight and then move your rib cage and to really be in the juiciness of what it feels like to have your body move in this way. Something that I did when I was really starting to step into that femininity was I started taking pole dance classes and just being able to tap into a little bit of the spice and the fire there Ah. was so fun. But as far as other femininity, really stepping into the feminine, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to have the perfect morning routine. Like I needed to get up and I needed to journal and then I needed to meditate and write. Yeah, and right. I, think I, was I didn't do my there. visualization, no, no.
1: so I'm never going to achieve the goal.
0: Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> and then your morning routine becomes this like another thing on your to-do list. And so yeah. being in my feminine looks like every morning saying, what do I need right now? Mm-hmm. What can I give myself right now?
1: Here's the toolbox. Which tools do I want? Just one of <laughs> them? Just two of them? I need all 10 for an hour? Okay, great. Right? Like, yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. For me, when I was stepping into that too, like there was a time when I was like, Sam, no more workout clothes. Like you're going to wear a dress. And I literally went out and I felt the fabrics. Like I pretended that I was a seven-year-old girl playing dress up. So it wasn't like, I got to go buy dresses. It was like, no, can I activate my inner child? Can I go try a bunch of things on? Even if I don't buy anything, can I just play and so finding that play has been so fun and it was really fun. And I would buy fabrics that felt good and felt luxurious. And, you know, now I'm in a space where I can flex back and forth. But when I was healing my masculine and feminine, I was in dresses every single day. And that was super fun for me. Another thing that I love to do, because I talked to a lot of clients that are like, okay, I work from home and in masculine mode, working on my business, my partner comes home and then I'm like still in my masculine energy.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that.
0: And so, what I'll do is like go take a shower, like literally take a shower, reset, and then come out, you know, as the version of me that I want to be, or go take a walk with my dog just to reset my energy and soften. You know, I think a lot of learning my feminine has been in relationship too. I don't think it's necessarily just been a personal journey, but it's in how I relate to my partner as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And like laughing at like, yeah, when you're in work mode thing and then your man comes home, like, cause I, when I was learning like to be more in my feminine and all that kind of stuff, when I was still in my marriage, right. Like if he came home and I was still working, I feel like, you know, a little like gremlin at the computer, like, don't talk to me yet. I'm not done. You know, I'm like Wait, <laughs> sort of thing. And so I would literally tell him like, Hey, text me when you are like, when you get in the car. Cause then I knew I had 30 minutes basically till he was home. And so I'd be like, okay. I can maybe change or like exactly like wrap up whatever has to get done. And then I can like relax into my feminine more. Like, yeah. And say, like, sometimes, like, I love that you said the dresses thing because sometimes if I'm feeling like I would benefit from a bit more of my feminine energy or I'm a little like in my masculine kind of hard, I'm like, okay, let's like encourage the feminine to come out by what's on the outside. Right. Like, cause yes, it's yeah. inside and outside, but sometimes I'm like, all right, then like, I feel like I need more feminine energy today. Then maybe I'm going to wear like flowy, like feminine clothes or a dress, or maybe I'll like do my hair and like curl it today. And like maybe put on a little bit of makeup, not that dresses and makeup equal being feminine. Right. And like, it does also like encourage the energy to move in that way. Yeah. So I love that. The dresses yeah. thing. Cause I totally do that sometimes.
0: Well, and I'm such a fan of like a bold lipstick. And I think it actually is something that I learned when I would go to work dancing. Like I didn't always want to work. I didn't always want to have to perform, but there's something about putting on the costume, something about doing my hair, something about getting ready for the show that did shift my mind. And when I was getting ready for shows, I put on music that would pump me up. I would have to like be in that energy. And so I like to borrow that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know what, if I need a little bit, like, let me put on some lipstick, like, let me pull out my alter ego. That might be this more sensual version of myself, this more feminine version that might not just be familiar for me, but I need something to activate it. And by putting on the lipstick, if that can activate it and allow it to come out beautiful or for you, that means no makeup. Great. Don't wear the makeup. If that means doing something completely different, I think there's a lot of power in exploring what supports you. Absolutely.
1: So you show up very unapologetically online, very much yourself, like having fun, showing sexy stuff, like all, like bad, like you name it, right. Like all the flavors and with a, from my impression, right. Like you really like, don't give a fuck what other people think. And so how did you cultivate that feeling of like, Just like full authenticity and like giving zero fucks about like other people's opinions.
0: Oh girl, I used to care so hard. I cared so much, like so much that this is like beautiful feedback. Thank you. You know, really diving into the relationship with myself was the thing. I remember doing everything for everyone else. I was terrified of judgment. I was always comparing myself. I just remember how handcuffed I felt. Felt like I was stuffed in a box. And I remember that like not feeling good. And when I started to really understand my shadow, understand the things that made me me, not just the things that I was good at or celebrated for, but the things that I was embarrassed of, the things that I was ashamed of. That like when I really started understanding that, you know, those things were part of who I was. Those things are things that I've learned that I've learned to let go that I, you know, did the best I could with the tools I had at the time when I really started owning that and learning that my life is my life. At the end of the day, ain't nobody else paying my bills. I'm the one that's going to lay down at night and close my eyes and I have to be happy with how I live my life. And really was the personal development. I think network marketing was a huge piece of that because I had to learn how to not care that people didn't get it and learn to deal with that. But also my dance career, I've told no so many times. It's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. But the real like embodiment of it was truly knowing that I am here for a purpose and really owning that feeling inside of me that was like, you're meant for more. And I really think about that little girl version of me that was running around naked, singing and dancing and writing musicals and doing all the crazy things that we do as little girls. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I want to make her proud. I don't care if I'm making, you know, my ex-boyfriend's sister happy or triggered online. I don't care if my mom and dad don't get it. like I need to make that little girl version of me proud. And when I think about that, it moves me emotionally. But then I also think about every other woman that needs that permission. And that is a big driver for me is, can I be bold and unapologetic and really not give a fuck so that I give other women permission to be their version of bold and their version of not giving a fuck? So I'm like, I don't even remember your question, but (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I do either. No. But I think it's, I really feel like it just comes back to like knowing myself Knowing that at the end of the day, I'm gonna trigger people. That's something I had to get over. I had to get over the fact that when I showed my big tits online, when I showed my body, when I, you know, post about money or a relationship or jobs or business or health or whatever it is, that it's okay if I trigger people. Because yep. the trigger is actually their invitation to do their work. Yeah. But I used to feel like their trigger was then my responsibility. And I right. had a story that girls didn't like me. Yeah. And as soon as I said, you know what? It's That's not what it's about. Like I'm here to serve at a higher level. And you know, my mom, I got to shout her out. I remember a situation last year where I was in a setting with a lot of women and I triggered a lot of people. And I remember going back to my hotel room and I called my mom crying, being like, I just don't understand why it's so hard for me. Like, I just don't understand like, why, why am I like this? Why is this happening? Even though I've done all this personal development, I still was having a moment. And, you know, my mom and I talk about it. And then at the end of this conversation, I'm starting to feel better. And she's like, Sam, you go out there, chin up, big boobs out, and you show them who you are. And like, it just made me laugh and made me be like, it's also not that fucking serious, you know? Like, it's not that serious. So yeah, it's permission, owning yourself and knowing you're not for everyone. I am not for everyone. And that's totally cool. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That's what I say all the time. Like I'm not for everybody. And that's totally fine. Like it's really hard to try and make everybody happy. And it's also impossible and it's exhausting. Yeah. And like, nobody wants, I mean, like, yeah, no one wants just like lukewarm, like, Oh, they're neutral. Yeah. When I
0: think about the women (laughs) I want in my world, I don't want people that want me to be lukewarm. I don't want people that want me to be vanilla. I want people around me that are going to push me to be like, yeah, do that. And then 10 times more, like I want to be around people that are going to build me up and make me expand. So if I can be that expander for someone else, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So something that I, which I'm going to assume you resonate with, because it's very much what you're business looks like is like you get to be paid to be you in pretty much that's like your business right and so people paying to access your energy to access your confidence right and get a taste of that and of course be coached by you and go through your programs like absolutely right but so that they can step into those kind of traits for themselves and that's very much something that like i have felt is very much my purpose, right? Like getting paid to be me. And I know like a lot of people are like, yeah, same. That's my goal too. But like knowing that my energy is very much the product, right? Like in a lot of ways, like one is that, does that land for you? And how long have you felt? Like, like, how did you come into like, kind of knowing that like, Oh no, like my energy and my me ness is like the fucking thing.
0: You know, that's such a good question. Cause I used to have problems with like business strategy. Like there's a lot of emphasis in this world on copy and marketing. And I'm like, how do you bottle up me and sell it? Like I really, oh gosh, literally I've it.
1: asked that question to like so many of my friends and mentors, how do I package up my me?
0: Well, and then I also <laughs> felt like I was put into a box, like, well, are you a coach? I'm like, well, I'm a coach and I'm a mentor and I'm a ninja like mindset person. And my clients call me their fairy god sister. And, you know, like I have all of these things. I'm a fucking magical unicorn. Yes. And I think there was a piece of my confidence that when I stepped into that, that was like next level for me. So it's like I was supporting women and stepping into their confidence. But as I've continued to up level, it's also up leveled the way that I can serve. So yes, I resonate with that. And I don't actually quite know when I was able to fully step into that. I don't think that there was a certain choice point or a before and after, but it's been this continual space of exploration and also seeing what works. Like when I just own who I am, people are like, okay, how do I get more of you? How do I be around you? How do I be in your space? And I'm like, I don't know. Come on in. Let's figure it out. Like That's really what it was. When I started my coaching business, I didn't want to be a coach. I did a coaching certification program because I wanted to host transformational weekends. That was the goal. And that was like five years ago, four years ago. And I started doing some practice coaching sessions. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. And I literally just like threw shit at the wall and see what worked. And this is what was working. And so I love it, but it's also, I think, challenging. It's challenging to ride that line of selling your energy and selling like access to you and also making sure I'm constantly providing value and making sure that I'm showing up in a way that's going to invite people in as well. You know, I don't want to call it like a too much conversation because I'm like, no, I want to be fucking too much and that's okay. But it's been this fine line of how do I make sure that I have a space for the people that want to come in? Yep. Where it's like yes. my level ones and it's like, what is shadow work? What is this personal development? Whether it's the people that I'm supporting in stepping into their boldest selves in their business. I do a lot of that in my one-on-ones where it's like more tailored to what they desire. And I'm actually really excited because I'm coming out with a new container in November and it's called sex money magic. Ooh. And it is for, we've talked about this. Yeah. it's for my higher level women that want to elevate, like they've done their work. They know that they're amazing, but they also want that fat bank account. They want all the hot sex and they want to expand with other women that are at that level. So, you know, I'm really excited to cultivate this community of women that want queen energy, queen energy. I know you've got your big queen energy, but I'm really excited for that. So I think part of it's also like finding the space to allow people to jump into my orbit.
1: Yes. Ooh, I love that. And I think too, and something like on that for me, when I would have, when I I knew for a long time that the product was and is my energy and like teaching people how to step into that for themselves. And also it's like sometimes just the, yeah, access and proximity, right? And for so long, I was like, but that's not enough, right? So it very much had that worthiness or lack of worthiness conversation attached to it, but that's not enough. I have to give them way more or something, right? Just me isn't enough. I'm like, wait a second. What? Like that's a whole fucking, what? We're doing this again, right? Like, and so really like owning...
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's something interesting too. There's like this pedestaling happening that, like, I don't want to be on a pedestal. I'm not better than anyone else. That is for sure. But in my group coaching programs, what I like, that might be the reason that someone comes in. So, like, I want what you have. I want the magnetism. I want the confidence. I want the energy. Like, there's just something about you that I want. And in that program, whether it's one on one or group or whatever it is, like, I'm teaching you to find your own pedestal and pick yourself up. And so I really see that my role is to be the mirror. And so if that mirror in the beginning says you want the energy, great. I'm going to support you in finding your own energy. I'm going to support you in finding your confidence and finding your voice and finding your boundaries and all of that. So I think when I think about it as really, I'm just shining the light right back at you. You know, that also felt really good for me.
1: What's something right now in your life that's challenging you Mm. or an area that you're really working on growing in or healing like something?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that right now I'm in a space. There's two things that come up. Number one, teaching my nervous system that it's safe for things to be this good. Because I think for a long time, there was always something it was like, well, either my health is really great or my business is, or my business is really great but my relationship isn't, or it was always like one or the other. And I think right now everything feels really great. I mean, I know I mentioned earlier that I kind of went through my second night of dark night of the soul. And I mean, so many things happened. Like I lost my jobs in the pandemic and my hair fell out and I had a stalker and I went back into debt, and like all sorts of craziness happened. I got dumped in the beginning of 2020, like all this craziness, all the things. And lots of grief and all of that. And so I'm in a space right now where I'm on the other side. I love what I do. I love that I've healed this relationship to dance and I'm dancing again. I'm like performing for the first time in three years. I love where my relationship is. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for where I'm growing, the support I've called in, the people in my life. And I am really focusing on allowing that to be and not self-sabotaging not waiting for the shoe to drop, not making it smaller to make other people more comfortable, but really being able to own that this is it, like stretching the capacity to hold everything that I desire. Yes. You know? Yes,
1: that's so important, right? Because there's a difference between being able to like attract the stuff and then hold the stuff, right? Like it's two levels of growth, two levels of leadership, two levels of, worthiness right like do you feel worthy to receive it but then do you also feel worthy and to hold it and to keep it right like or do you get it and then freak the fuck out and spend it all or do something right so that Mm, you get
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: I hear you at that one and I relate to that too because I'm like have been feeling like my body is feeling like I have money stress but my bank account is not reflecting that right and so I'm like
0: Mm, yeah
1: why is my body thinking that things are tight right? Like, cause look at like, that's as much in there, like cash that you used to make in a year, right? Like it's okay. <laughs> like, we're Okay. Yeah. We it's fine. You. Why are you freaking out girl? Yeah. Like, chill. Yeah. Yes. What's something you're like really fucking excited about right now.
0: You know, it's so funny. I had my chart read. I have a friend who does my astrology every year. He's been <clears> doing it for like six years, like since six years, seven years, since before I got divorced. And he's like, Whoa, I remember the first time he's like, what the fuck's happening in your world? I was like, I think I'm going to get a divorce. And he read my chart for this year. My birthday was recently. And he's like, you know, this year's like all about business for you, all about business. And so I chuckle because right now I'm actually so excited about my business. Like I have never felt more grounded, more ready, more excited. I I hired a business coach four months ago, five months ago. And that was a a really big step for me. And I just feel like it was aligning. Like I knew somewhere in my gut, in my soul that I needed to work with her. The investment was terrifying. And I was like, ah! But what I am creating and what I am seeing for what's possible for the future is just so exciting. Like I'm just pumped.
1: I love that. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. And that makes me excited too, because fun fact, you guys, I just hired the exact same business coach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. like
1: great. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. And actually you asked me this or a similar question when we were recorded for your show. And I want to ask this to you. I would love for you to share how you view the connection between like sex, orgasms, money, wealth, all of that. Cause like I fucking get it and it makes so much sense, but I'm like, yeah, tell me how that feels for you and how you oh, see all that.
0: You know, it's interesting after my divorce, I shut down my sacral chakra, like shut it down. And my ex-husband was a choreographer, director. I was like the New York city dancer. Like it was very like, you know, that whole thing. And so a lot of my movement and dance during that time was connected to him and his work. And so there was something subconsciously, like I shut down all creativity. I shut down all availability to receive in any way, shape or form. And that was a big part of my growth after that. But I really feel like that next level of tapping into my feminine energy and really opening years later, really opening that sacral chakra was everything. It's creativity, it's money, it's receivership, it's sensuality. It's, you know, I know that you've said this and I've said this too on my podcast is that women, we are fucking so powerful. We are the only, the only ones that can birth consciousness through our bodies wow, you guys, this is such a huge thing. (laughs) Like we have that power. I was freaking out when you were talking about that on my podcast. I'm like, this is what I talk about too. And so when we are shut down in that space and in that arena, we are not tapping into the possibility of our power. We're not tapping into the sensual energy, the creativity. Creativity is really big for me and that play, super important. And so. I really feel like as women heal their sacral chakra, it allows us to soften. It allows us when we feel safe to receive. And if you are unable to receive in the bedroom, you are most likely going to be unable to receive in your bank account, as well as support in your life, as well as, you know, every other area where we get to be in receivership and women, we get to be in receptivity, we get to surrender and surrender doesn't feel safe for a lot of people. My stuff always comes back to control safety. And I feel like this sense of trust, the sense of surrender is so, so, so important. And so as we open that, as we tap into that, and as we ignite it, as we turn it on, as we light the flame down there, then we're calling in. It's like the little fireflies to the fire. Like we are drawn in everything that we desire. So I think it's like so fucking important. Yes. It's all connected. Mm. Yeah. All connected. Yeah, I agree. And we're magical. Like women are magical fucking beings.
1: Yeah. You guys, I'm going to say it again. Literally what Sam said, like our bodies are portals that literally bring souls from other dimensions to planet earth. Hi, what the fuck? That's so cool. It's so cool.
0: It's insane.
1: No one else can do that. It's like, so anytime you're like, oh, life is hard. Like what? I'm not good enough. I'm not, be like, oh, wait a second. My body is a portal from fucking other dimensions and the divine to bring souls into this earth. Okay.
0: Literally biologically designed. Like you don't really have to do much, (laughs) you know? Oh, it's okay.
1: Okay. On that note, where can people find you? What you got going on?
0: How can people work with you right now? All the things. Oh my goodness. So I hang out on Instagram, love Instagram DM me. Let's chat it up. I'm so down for the DMS. My Instagram is at Samantha, Joe Harvey and Joe is just a J O it's like the feminine version. And I have sex money magic that is launching in November. And I'm incredibly excited for that. And I also have something up my sleeves for January, more of like a level one intro to shadow work a program that I've been running for a while is getting a new facelift and revamp. So I love my group programs. I love bringing women together. And I also do one-on-ones. So if that might feel like it's an alignment, I would love to chat. And if nothing else, just say hi. I always love adding women to my network. So let's spread the goodness over on the Instas.
1: Absolutely. And one more question for you. So this show is all about supporting Women and men in really owning their truth, using their voice, like living life as the most like unapologetic, aligned, abundant, like authentic version of themselves. So like, what is one piece of advice, whether that's like a question, an action to take a quote, like one thing to really support people in like living that fucking amplified life.
0: Well, I love that. Cause you know, my podcast is called full out. I know and we're like, it's your, like, like, we're full like Out Life. Yeah. Hi twin. (laughs) What's up girl. So good to see you. Oh, one piece. I would say slow down enough to listen to what your soul, your body, your intuition is telling you, you already have all the answers within you. There's no podcast or book or guru or someone that's going to come in and be able to do it for you. So when you are able to tap into your inner guidance system, and then take action from that space, you'll be unstoppable.
1: 100%. Absolutely. All right, you guys, be sure to connect with Sam on Instagram. Check out all her things. Go say hi, slide into the DM, say hello, all of that. Thank you so much for being here today. This was so fun. Back-to-back recordings, like such a blast with you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. So fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice and keep being you because the world needs more of your magic.